This is the Pep Talk. Now, here's Ernie Anastas and Patricia Stark. song don't you just love that brings you out to the ballpark doesn't it makes you feel good and perfect for our first guest iconic legendary sports personality bob costas hey bob how does that make you feel well it makes me feel like any day now i'll be calling some baseball games (laughs) (laughs) and you're going to be doing that yeah you know on a limited basis which has pretty much been the way i've approached it over the last few years i'm in kind of an emeritus stage mm-hmm. by choice. I still want to do the things I most enjoy. I just don't want the inventory to be oh, quite yeah. as great. Oh, you're so great. During the course of this regular season, I'll probably do about 15 games, mm. and then I'll do a handful of games in the postseason uh-huh. as well. And that's enough to keep my hand in it and not enough to have me chasing my tail. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, Bob, it's so great to have you on our show and to speak with you. And I know you've really covered every major sports event, the Olympics, NFL, NBA, baseball, box. I mean, you name it. Out of all of those things, what would you say is your your favorite memory of everything you've done? Wow. Usually when that question is posed, and I've heard it before, I narrow it to three, and I can't go any lower than that because they're kind of co-equal, so I'll go Uh quickly. Michael Jordan's last shot uh, for the Chicago Mm. Bulls that Mm -hmm. turned defeat into victory and clinched their sixth championship. It was so classic, so dramatic Mm -hmm. in every way. I don't know that any American athlete has ever had a better final act. Now, he put an asterisk next to it by coming back yeah. uh, a few years later and playing a couple of years with the Washington Wizards. But essentially, in the imagination, he's a Chicago Bull, and that's the way he brought the curtain down. Good one, yeah. Uh, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali lighting the torch at the Olympics oh, in yeah. 1996. It was so unexpected. And even then, uh, 20 years before his death, you could see the effects of Parkinson's. And so it was poignant to see this once great sure. athlete and, and, you know, how nimble and beautiful he was, among the most beautiful of athletes, mm-hmm. and, and how entertainingly vain he was, and yet willing to present himself to the world in that condition. You know, a lot of people is a controversial sure. figure, but I think by then he had won mm-hmm. most people over mm-hmm. the arc of his life convinced people that by and large they ought to respect and admire him and that was a, a goosebump raising moment. Very courageous. The others, yeah. yeah, there there's a baseball moment. Kirk Gibson's pinch hit home run in game one of the nineteen eighty eight World oh, Series for wow. the Dodgers against Dennis Eckersley and the Oakland A's among the most theatrical and dramatic moments I've ever seen. And in mm-hmm. fact after the game, I said to one of the producers, this reminds me of Robert Redford's last at bat in the natural. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy Hobbs. That's right. Yes. What, they, what they did was before game two mm-hmm. in the pregame, they came on the air intercutting Gibson's at bat with Redford's at bat. Oh, and it was eerie how their motions and all mm-hmm. the scenes matched up, including Wilfred Brimley as the manager of the New York. Yeah, Knights. Yeah. right, right, right. Jumping up in exultation looked quite a bit by body type like Tommy Lasorda doing mm-hmm. the same thing. <laughs> wow. Great stories, you know, and it's very difficult for you to, you know, to highlight these three because you have so many memories. Yeah. You've done so much, Bob, and you continue to do that. You know, I want to ask you something. There have been a lot of social changes affecting human behavior. I love sociology, and it's been happening over the years. Have you seen a change in the way fans conduct themselves? Have you seen a change in fans? Yes, I think by and large they're the same, but there's an element of anger. Who knows what societal changes, combination, what witches brew of common, of factors have created that. But you see more anger. You see more 
misbehavior. Maybe part of that is because everyone has a cell phone and then it winds up Mm -hmm. on YouTube and it exaggerates what it is. Social media also stirs it up. You know, on social media, there are no misdemeanors, only federal offenses, Mm -hmm. you know, only only capital offenses. Everything is outrage. And and so some of that spills over. Sports talk radio takes on a hard edge. And now with gambling becoming so prevalent, Mm -hmm. it becomes more transactional for some people than sentimental. They'll demand that their team win rather than hope that their team wins. So I do think that there's a harder edge there, Mm -hmm. but I think that's for a certain percentage and it's a noticeable percentage. But I think for most fans, it's the same. They want a fun time with their their family and friends and I hope their team wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I I think that social media really is a culprit, as you mentioned, because it's so easy to just hide behind social media and be negative and be nasty Mm -hmm. and and say whatever you want. Yeah, it pays, it goes to heat and not light. And it distorts people's perception of what's out there because if they're looking only at social media, that they're thinking, geez, most of the world is like this. No, most of the world isn't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really Bob, let me ask you something. You know, everybody has setbacks. I mean, there's always something, whether it's in the sports world or in, in life, we've all had them. And I'm just wondering, you know, times in your life where you felt like, oh, I wish things had gone differently. How do you deal with that? How have you dealt with that in terms of keeping yourself positive and, and going on and continuing and being the best that you are? Well, I think you want to look at the big picture. If I'm going to toss in a kind of strained sports metaphor here, they give people gold gloves for being the best fielders at their position. But even during that season, Mm. they made a few errors. No one went through the season errorless. So when you look at the big picture, you shouldn't ignore your missteps or your Mm. disappointments. But as long as you've been as fortunate as people like the three of us have been, When you're able to look at the big picture, then you have some perspective. It doesn't mean that you ignore your flaws or shortcomings and don't try to correct them, Mm -hmm. but you can hold yourself to a certain level of account without speeding yourself up. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. The picture. Look at it from a broader perspective. And Bob, what do you do when you're personally having a bad day? Like, what do you do to perk yourself up to kind of encourage yourself and flip the switch sometimes when things aren't going so great? I don't know that I have tremendous insight, but all people who look after well-being, the the notions of well-being, tell you that exercise helps. Exercise gets the endorphins going. It doesn't have to be that strenuous. You know, Mm -hmm. be on the treadmill for half an hour, take take a walk outside, whatever it might be. That tends to help. And the more you interact with family and friends, the more you're in a positive social setting, the better off you are, which is why COVID was so difficult for so many people. Oh, sure. Yeah. Relationships. Bob, let me ask you this. You know, our program is all about positivity and and finding solutions to problems. I want to ask you a, a question here and see what you come up with. If you had the power If you had the ability, if you were a political leader, if you were in some capacity as a leader, what changes would you like to make to affect our country and our world? Is there something out there you'd say, this is what I would do to make things better? Well, if I could wave a magic wand and it's not going to happen because the business incentives to being extreme are just too great for cable TV, for the Internet and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I would love to see on cable TV and other platforms, people able to say, on the other hand, people able to say, I respectfully understand Mm -hmm. Mr. Smith's point, but here is where I disagree. Rather than Mr. Smith is not only wrong, but Mr. Smith is your enemy. Mm -hmm. To change that atmosphere, to get back to where 
you didn't have this, you know, pitchfork. What, what's the thing I'm like, tor- torch and pitchfork. Mm-hmm. I just woke up. I'm on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you mean. You know, that kind of feeling, that kind of, where where you demonize everyone with whom you disagree. Right. And where people sound, politicians sound like they're auditioning for their next appearance mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. whichever left or right platform they're going to appear on. It's more performance art than it is statesmanship. If I could somehow get back to where we discussed issues with some nuance rather than only in primary colors, mm-hmm. I think we'd, we'd have a better country. Like if we yeah, we, we, we agree. Ernie and I talk about that all the mm-hmm. time. Civility, just that being yes, able to civility. respectfully right. disagree with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're a good man, Bob. Enjoy the California weather now that it's improving. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Ernie. Thanks, Patricia. Good to be with you. Thanks, Thanks for so joining much, us. Bob. What a great guy. Oh, great Bob guy. Costas, what and a giant. We will have a lot more with Bob on our podcast on Pep Talk with Ernie and Patricia at WABCRadio.com, or you can go to Red Apple Podcast Network and we'll talk more with Bob. Bob, while we still have you on the line, bring Mm -hmm. me back some memories of living and growing up in New York. Because you're a New Yorker, and I know you love this city. You've seen a lot of changes and so forth. Fondest memories that you have living here? Well, I grew up thinking of myself as a New Yorker because all the media came from New York. Sure. The newspapers that my mom and dad subscribed to, the television stations we watched, the radio we listened to. Mm. But geographically, I lived on Long Island. Right. However, my father was one of eight kids. So there were lots of aunts and uncles and cousins, Mm -hmm. and they lived primarily in Brooklyn and in Queens. So visiting them, spent a lot of time there. Sure. And, you know, to show you how the world has changed, when you were 11, 12 years old with mm-hmm. an older cousin who might have been 14, 15, mm-hmm. you could just hop on the subway. Your parents wouldn't think anything <laughs> right. of it. Yeah. Hop on the subway, go yeah. to Yankee Stadium. Yep. You know, exactly. A, a seat in the bleachers cost a buck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good memory, right? Oh, could we the see world's that again? Fair. Oh, my God. The World's the Fair. New York World's Fair right. in 64 and 65. Yeah. I had a, had a cousin who lived almost in the shadow of the New Shea Stadium and the World's Fair. We mm-hmm. must have gone to the World's Fair 15 times. Wow. Maybe, maybe you know, half uh-huh. of that, you can't have 15. Let's call, let's call it 20. So <laughs> half, half, half of that with parents, but the other half just by ourselves. Yeah, You know, right. a kid could just, you know, hang around, do what he did, and as long as you're home, home in time for dinner, it was all okay. That's right. And Bob, you come from a very enthusiastic family. I know you have some Greek background and so many, exactly, the, the two of us, and so many things happening with family and friends and celebrations. That contributed to your personality. I know that. that that's why you're so outgoing and so successful in what you do. Yeah, you know, a lot of the relatives on my father's side of the family had big personalities. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that, that led to arguments, but mostly <laughs> it was just kind of a passionate life, embracing the things that made them happy, debating the things that they were upset about. <laughs> I, I would never attach the word boring. No, to at all. Family get togethers. It's like watching my big fat Greek wedding, right? You really related yeah, to what yeah. was going on there, right? Was yeah. there any Windex in the house? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Windex took care of everything. We know that. Right? <laughs> You're a great I guy. My legs. I broke my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, when you when you were that kid growing up in that family environment and, and coming in and out of the city, did you ever imagine that your life would unfold the way that it did? Like, mm-hmm. like what were your thoughts? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you know at a really young age? 
I did. I, I dreamed of becoming a sports broadcaster. I could not possibly have dreamed that my career would be so fortunate and take so many different directions. My notion was that maybe someday I could call baseball games on the radio, mm. like Mel Allen and Red Barber. Oh, yeah. Like Vin Scully. And then when the Mets came into existence, Lindsey Nelson and, and Bob Murphy. Sure. Or maybe basketball, like the young Marv Albert. Mm-hmm. I went, wound up going to Syracuse because Marty Glickman, who was the original voice of the mm-hmm. Knicks, and Marv Albert, who was his at one time assistant who later succeeded him, mm-hmm. they both had gone to Syracuse. And among other reasons, including the fact that they had a good journalism school, I went there for that yeah. very reason. Great school. Um, but yeah, but I couldn't have dreamt that I'd have so many good breaks along the way. Isn't it nice? And you're able to reflect. And you know, it's uh, important and our, our listeners should understand because we've spent some time together and you are as real and as genuine as you could ever want someone to be. And with all your success, with everything that you've accomplished and still continue to do, you haven't changed in terms of, you know, what you really do. And you look at people and you're interested in others. And, I, and we really applaud you for that, Bob. You're a special guy. Thank, thank you, Ernie. You know, one of the benefits of what we do, and we should never take it for granted, mm-hmm. I have a number of doctors in my extended family. And obviously what they do on a day-to-day basis is much more important than what I do. But they don't go to the grocery store or they're not walking down the street and a stranger says, I appreciate what you do. Or they bring to mind something you did 10 years ago that in some way resonated with them. But no one's at the checkout line in the grocery store saying you did a great job mm-hmm. on that surgery. <laughs> we get that wow. for less important things yeah. all the time. We get that affirmation <laughs> and that connection with people all the time. And I've never taken that for granted. No. Yeah. Well said. And you're the right guy to say it. I appreciate that. Bob, we're so happy you're here. And, and, <laughs> we're, you, and, and we're grateful. We, we want to have you come back anytime you want. Okay. Well, you make it easy. All I got to do is wake up. And, you, know, I'm, you know this about me, Ernie. I don't really start to function until around noon. <laughs> yes. Right now, I'm right. on the West Coast. So all I got to do, the hard part is get out of bed. Apart <laughs> yeah. from that, all I got to do is get on the phone and talk to you. What's so hard about that? That was great. Bob, could you offer any final words of wisdom for maybe some young people that are starting out that would like to follow in your footsteps? Maybe think about what, what, what can they do to have a career like you've had? Well, there are several points, but one that I always make is this. Get as well-rounded an education as you possibly can. Because even if you do fulfill your dream of being on the air, the more you know about the world, not just the specific area of interest, whether it's sports or whatever it might be, the more you know about the world, the more interesting person you will be. Mm -hmm. The broader your frame of reference the more you can bring in, not to show off or anything like that, sure. but something occurs to you, it adds some texture to the broadcast. Mm-hmm. It can't all be there's a ground ball to shortstop. There has to be something more than that. You bet. Yeah. Uh, the very best broadcasters were almost extemporaneous essayists. That's what I strive to mm-hmm. be. I don't know if I always achieved it, but mm-hmm. the, I think the more you know about the world, the better read you are. Again, not you are not talking about being a professor. I'm not Alistair Cook. You know, but, but the better read you are, the more you know about the world and you're engaged in you the bet. world, I think the better it's reflected in your work. Mm-hmm. Socrates said it. Know thyself and understand who you are and, and, and add layers to your life with the education and the experience you gain. That's great advice. Thank yeah. you, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks, Patricia. Thank you, Ernie. You too. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye. He's fabulous.
I mean, you know, you can talk to him for a long time and cover so many different topics, but he really is, when you listen to him, the, the depth of knowledge that he has about sports, incredible. Yeah. And he's expanded his life, as he pointed out, to learning about other things, too, you know, in the world of art and literature and so forth. Uh, he's terrific. Yeah. So we were happy to have him on board. Oh, so happy. Yeah. And so positive, so encouraging. And like you said, just a regular, a regular guy, you know, just... Yes, absolutely. Great, great, great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud. I'm, I'm sitting in the studio with you and I'm looking outside and he was talking about the weather in California. And uh, they've had some nasty weather out there, snow that we'd never expect. Craziness, I know. I know. And I'm looking out the window here and we're in New York and it's, I think, about 45 degrees right now. And, you know, we had a little bit of flurries here and there, but I mean, we've been so fortunate with our weather this year. We really have. Yeah. And although we, I got about five inches of snow up the Hudson Valley where mm-hmm, I live mm-hmm. the other day and I I'm yeah. so happy because I, I'm ready for spring, but I was like, oh, this is kind of pretty, and, yeah. I, and I loved the home. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? We're getting close, and spring is around the corner. It's, and yes. Yeah. It's and March thinking already. about March 20th is uh-huh. when, you know, we, we hit it. Yes. Uh, I'm excited. I think we're going to have a good season. I really do. I think the, the spring will be good. And so if you had to pick a favorite season. Oh, I know instantly before you even ask me that question. It's always fall for me. Fall. Because I'm an October baby Mm -hmm. and always the most exciting things in my life have ever happened in October. I got married. I learned I was pregnant. Just the leaves, the Halloween. I love it all. How about you, Ernie? You know, I like the fall as well. I'm a July baby, uh, but it was very hot. My mom will always remind me how difficult it was. Oh, yes. My son was a July baby, so I knew you you and your mom. I got it. So I understand. I like summer in in many ways. Um, But I I think fall is great because you can go out there, you can wear a little sweater. And I love the leaves. I like the whole feeling of it. I mean, it's just clear air. Uh, It's fresh. I I know we're anticipating winter, but it doesn't matter because I like fall. The holidays are great. Thanksgiving. And I also like trick-or-treating. It reminds me of, you know, childhood and kids going Oh, it's my favorite. I mean, I love Christmas and the holidays too, but I love October and and Halloween. But I do have to say one thing that I love in general about living in the New York area mm-hmm. and growing up here yeah. is the changing of the seasons. Sure. By the time I've gone through one, I'm ready for the next. Mm-hmm. And whatever season we're changing into always gives me a sense of renewal yeah. and a sense of ending and beginning. Mm-hmm. And I love that rhythm. Yeah, it's, it's great. I agree with you. I think most people will, will ask you, you know, what's it like living back east if they haven't been out here? And that's the classic answer. I mean, it's beautiful weather, uh, you know, all around. Uh, because if you like winter, you can go skiing, you can do all these things. But I think that, you know, the variety is important. It and, is. Yeah, and I think we need that in life, too. Yeah, you know? it keeps things moving. It keeps yeah. things fresh rather yeah. than a monotone. I know. I, particularly, you know, spring, when you start thinking about when the flowers start to bloom and you see the grass coming up and it turns green and you say you know this is a uh, an experience that we're having which is kind of spiritual in many ways you yeah. know the renewal of the earth and the renewal of life and and it makes you feel like you're going to be part of something fresh yes yeah it's a starting all over again it, kind it's of attitude it's always an energy shift yeah. it's yeah. it really is and one little tip clean your windows mm. someone told me that a while ago as soon as <laughs> spring comes yeah. one of the best 
positive tips that you can have is clean mm-hmm. your windows in your house mm. and it changes everything when spring comes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that opens up. You know, the whole house. Yes. One thing I used to do, and I'll mention this before we go, growing up in New Hampshire, I used to rake the leaves and we could burn the leaves. We could actually burn the leaves. I bet that smelled great. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, you know, I would have a little pile on on the side of the road in front of the house and I would just ignite that thing and I would just smell it. And my mom would come out and my dad would be there and everybody was like celebrating like a picnic. That's fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, You've got me right there. I feel like I was there with you. That's a great memory. Sometimes. I'll, I'll, I'll get a little incense somewhere, yeah. you know, and I'll put it in the house and it smells like that. Like brings, that. Yeah, uh, it brings back such Scent is the memories. scent of memory. Smell and memory, that's our sense. Well, this was a great show. We had a lot of fun today. Yeah, it was so yeah. much fun, Ernie. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Absolutely. We'll be back and join you next time. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.